is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go. Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Dean. Welcome to week eight. Wow, getting uh, close to halfway through the season. It is Monday, October 23rd. Adam Azer, Heath Cummings, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisenberg talking about the waiver wire. And, and of course, Sunday night football and Monday night football. And as I was watching the game last night, and everybody with their fun Twitter hot takes, very controversial game apparently, all I could think about was, man, this is a terrible week of the waiver wire. This week is waiver wire hell? I don't know. It stinks. It's no fun. It's the worst one I've had to write about in a long, long time and trying to find a way to sugarcoat it because you want people to actually read it uh, was interesting. Hey, we'll still be hitting the waiver wire. There, definitely. Everybody's got to make some ads and drops. There are I, You know what we need is a, is a waiver wire power rankings because oh. we get caught up in the moment and excited about this guy or that guy. And then often we're dropping them two weeks later. Hello, Wendell Smallwood. And so I'd like to know, like, what is the the worst waiver wire week in terms of what we've gotten out of them? And then I think this one will be better than that. All right, well, we're going to talk about the Cooper trade. (laughs) Forgot about that one. Um, But I need your top three waiver wire priorities first. And then we will get into the Amari Cooper trade and uh, Le'Veon Bell, of course. Sony Michelle, some big news that you need to know. And of course we'll talk about the uh, Sunday night and Monday night games. Top three waiver wire priorities. Raheem Mostert, Danny um, Amendola, and Jalen Richard. I agree on Mostert, I agree on Richard, and then from there, I think it really just comes down to what you need. I don't know how owned or largely owned Traquan Smith and Cameron Meredith are at this point, but I'd take a look at them. Chris Herndon has been interesting. At I am end. more excited about the upside of Traquan Smith for sure. But if you need a wide receiver this week, Danny Amendola is 8% owned and he's going to get double digit targets. If he's healthy, he's on the injury report with a shoulder problem. He's fine. Am he's I tough. saying you're right that Geronimo Allison is available in almost 40% yes. of leagues? Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yep. Uh, for me, it's the Patriots DST would be one. Yeah. Yeah. Against Buffalo. Yeah. Raheem Mostert would be two. And Traquan Smith would be three. And uh, CJ Uzama has yep. been good and has the dream matchup. Buccaneers give up the most fantasy points to tight ends. So check him out. Yep, he's available also in a little more than 40% of leagues. And that's a, that's a very good one. I, Jordy Nelson, 73% owned. I know he, you know, it's 65% is usually the waiver wire cutoff, but if you saw Jordy Nelson out there, would you consider him a must add? 100%. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a few guys in the 70s that you can look at and say, I'll get them if they're available. We just don't typically talk about them. Such as who? The Nelson one. How about Jared Cook, 77% owned? Yeah. I mean, you know, you're only really down Austin Hooper this week from the bye week guys. So, as I'm sure you saw, and um, I, I couldn't think of a tight end to drop, to tell people to drop, because really the, the one that stands out is Jordan Reed, but the last thing you want to do is drop him and this is the week that he actually shows up um now you drop him for uzama or you drop him for vance mcdonald i can understand that but um i don't really usually mention the guys that drop like in the 10 team league range we used to talk about them here but i don't usually write about them so in the 10 team league you drop reed but 
uh, yeah, Jared Cook. Uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald, you know, just with the hope of a, a change in coordinator that there's something that, that happens there. Um, he was one that stood out to me when I was looking at it. Uh, yeah, he's got, wanna... he's got eight targets in two straight games and six of seven wide receivers with eight or more targets, uh, against the 49ers have scored double digit fantasy points in non PPR. That's Larry Fitzgerald. That's a nice, yeah, nice I, number. I, Christian Kirk, he's not you like quite enough. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Eight's not quite enough for Fitzgerald, but hopefully he gets an uptick. Yeah, and Kirk, you know, Kirk could have a good game too. He's on the waiver wire list. Uh, I think Geronimo Allison, yeah, is a good, a good point, a good job, Dave, by pointing him out. 61% owned, uh, very interesting, and will face the Rams, who before last week, in a, you know, against a bad team, had been terrible against wide receivers. Uh, and then there's just one other guy I want to talk about. It's Devontae Booker. You know, does Devontae Booker get Royce Freeman's workload? Does he get some goal line work? He's facing a team that allows the second most fantasy points to running backs and the Chiefs. And when the Broncos faced the Chiefs earlier this season, both Lindsey and Freeman scored 12 or 13 fantasy points in non-PPR. And Freeman only had eight carries and he managed, you know, managed 12 points. Is Devontae Booker at 13% on somebody we're picking up with four teams on by this week? We just don't know for sure that Freeman's going to be out, right? Uh, high I mean, angles, the, the, the report is he's going to be out, but yeah, yes, he he's. I think there are a couple guys in that range. Capri Bibbs, you know, with Chris Thompson out, you saw him take the passing downs work last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trenton Cannon with Bilal Powell could be out with a neck injury. He also had a, a big role in the passing game, uh, but those are more for deeper leagues. I don't know how many people in twelve team leagues are going to look at those guys and say I have to start them. Is Raheem Mostert somebody that you're thinking you're going to start this week? We don't know that Brita. I mean, he's definitely going to get hurt during the game, but we don't know if he's going to play or not. If Brita's out, you're starting Mostert as yep. at least a flex. I, I'm starting him as a number two running back if Brita's Same. out, and I'm flexing him probably even if Brita plays. How much fab for Mostert, for Pat's defense, for your favorite, for Geronimo Allison, your favorite player this week? How much fab? Maybe 10. I wouldn't go any, I wouldn't go more than 20% on anything. I agree, but you know, we're, we're missing a bunch of running backs that we were counting on. We don't know if a lot of the guys that got hurt in week seven are going to make it to week eight. And then there's a bunch of running backs that are on by this week. So I wouldn't be surprised if people in your league ended up going closer to 25% on Mostert and Richard, which is, I feel like it's too much, but if you're that desperate for a running back, it's, it's what you might need to do. And it's a good point. Given the fact that if you're on, you know, your last legs at this point, what are you saving it for? Yes. Right. All right. Go for it. Like if you're three and four. Uh, team name Tuesday, by the way, from me, Colonel Mostert. Okay. Not bad, right? And not bad. Thank you. Thank you very okay. much. Can I throw the red flag in your Bonanza victory? Not yet. Not yet. But I'm happy to defend my Bonanza call. I'm taking, a, I'm calling it a victory. Uh, Friday night tailgate. That will be an absolute victory. This is November 9th, 7 p.m. Eastern. If you live in the Northeast, if you live in the United States, take a flight to the Northeast. Come to Times Square uh, in New York City. Uh, that Times Square. Uh, November 9th, 7 p.m. Eastern. And meet Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And meet James Brown, Phil Sims, Bill Cower, Boomer Esiason, Nate Burleson. They're going to produce a live version of their popular weekly show. And then it's a tailgate party. During the tailgate party, party we're going to be talking a lot of fantasy football. Um, you're going to be able to talk to uh, some of CBS Sports' biggest stars. There's going to be some food for you. 
Uh, get excited. The Friday night tailgate. Happy to give you more information, but it's November 9th in New York City at 7 p.m. Eastern time. You can tweet me. You can email me. Or maybe just Google Friday night tailgate CBS Sports, and you should be able to find uh, a lot more details about it. Make sure you're watching CBS Sports HQ. I love CBS Sports HQ. This is outstanding sports coverage. If you want sports analysis after a big game or something, don't turn on the TV. Well, unless you're using like, you know, Roku or uh, Amazon Fire or something like that to watch HQ. Turn on HQ, okay, and watch our 24-7 streaming service with sports uh, scores, news, and highlights, with fantasy talk. You'll see the guys on there, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. It's really awesome. You're going to love it. There's gambling talk on it, CBS Sports HQ. All right, the big news, the Cowboys acquired Amari Cooper from Oakland for a first-round pick. And uh, now they're on a bye, so I'll give them a week to get acclimated. I just want to say this generally about this topic here. As, as someone who covers fantasy baseball, and Heath, you can attest, the trade deadline is awesome. You get great content. You get a lot of talking points. You get fun debates. You get some mystery. It's awesome for fantasy. Football is starting to have an active trade deadline. Or like big names get traded. Calvin Benjamin last year, JHI. Then there could be hopefully more to come. It's fun for us. It's fun for fantasy owners. I like it. Hooray for the trade deadline. Hooray for the NFL's executives embracing the trade deadline because it used to be like a non-starter. Yeah. These but curmudgeonly old dudes that wouldn't make deals with each other. I think there's a reason for that. It's not as easy, I think, in baseball, in football compared to baseball, for a player to go to a new team. I mean, you gotta learn new system. It, it's well, tough, and, and maybe we gotta look at, like, who's been good after being traded? Not that there have been too many players. But it's not gonna be uh, so easy for Cooper, I think, to step in. No, um that's a whole other conversation point. I think the reason why the NFL is starting to get behind trading and doing it at the trade deadline is because they moved the trade deadline back. It used to be like after week five or week six, and now it's going to be – I mean, we still have another week of trades yeah. to go. Yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, with that said, value up, down, or the same for Amari Cooper? I'll say the same. I'll say slightly down. I'll say slightly up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the average is the same. <laughs> uh, the average of your three uh opinions. Well, he's been basically a number three receiver. I think that's as safe as it gets with him. There's still enormous upside. Yes. There is a risk that he is even worse because, like, he, it's – you're right, Adam. I can't think of a wide receiver traded midseason that was had any impact for fantasy. Yeah, I mean, there haven't really been that many, but – Sure. It's, it hasn't worked for the Cowboys, put it that way. Well, clearly Dallas is doing this because they want to have Amari Cooper for a long time, not just for, for this season. So they're taking a long-term view, although I'm sure they'd love to have him um, improve their passing game as much as possible this year so that they can compete in the NFC East. They're obviously not giving up on that race. Um, but he's going from he's going from an offense that specialized in getting rid of the ball quickly and dinking and dunking to an offense that's run-focused not nearly as aggressive throwing downfield and with a quarterback who's not um he's he's not even as accurate as the quarterback he just got done playing with. I just want so, to clarify uh, sorry, go ahead. Makes me a little nervous about saying, Oh yeah, Amari Cooper, he's gonna be just fine. I think he's gonna be just as inconsistent as he was over the last twenty games that he's played. Is he a must own guy? Cooper's I think he's less than ninety percent I think he's like eighty eight percent owned. 
Yes, I, I, I do think he's worth owning. He's 100% worth owning because if he does become better and gets back to what he was his first two years of his career, uh, which was 1,006, 1,000 yards, six touchdowns, um, I, I just think he's going to be what Des Bryant was um, in terms of what the attention will be. And Des in 2017 averaged a little over eight targets per game. If he's getting consistently eight targets per game in this offense – He'll start to return top 20 to 30 value. So he'll be a borderline number two, number three receiver. And uh, I was trying to see, did Dallas make an in-season trade for Roy Williams? They did, right? I th- Yeah, they did not they for Joey did. Galloway, no. but they did for, for Williams. Sure. So, yeah, um, this is the third time they've traded, you know, a lot. And they, they gave up too much for him, receiver. but yeah. it's a move that they had to make. And he's still young. They have him under control for two years. The rest of this year and next year. And the year after that, if they want to franchise tag him. That'd be dumb. Uh, well, we'll see how he plays. Two years from now, that might be a good thing. I did a little bit of digging on Cooper. Uh, he has 11 games with at least 11 targets. He's come through for double-digit fantasy points every single time. That shouldn't be a surprise. Any receiver worth his weight and salt should be able to do that. He has 17 games with between 8 and 10 targets. He's hit 10 fantasy points three times in those games. And in 25 games with seven or fewer targets, he's gotten 10 or more five times. So clearly a volume-needy receiver. And there there haven't been a lot of times where a receiver in Dallas got a ton of volume. Certainly 11 targets was rare. Eight targets, it's probably right around what you'd expect because that's what right around what Des got. But I don't know if that's necessarily going to be a great thing for Cooper. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's interesting, and I guess the, the first wave of bad news if you're a Cooper owner is now he's on bye two weeks in a row, last week and this week, so you won't be using him. Adam, is this a time to trade Cooper away? Could you Do you think you can find somebody in your league who might overvalue fan. him a little? Only if they're a Cowboys the fan. The Cowboys fan 100% would. I, or, I think, or Jason Witten. <laughs> you can pull a rabbit out of your head. And uh see what you can get for Cooper in a deal right now. I don't really it. think the big impacts of this trade have much to do with Cooper. Oh, yeah. So what is, what's the impact for the Raiders? It's a little boost for Jordy. It gives a chance for Martavis, who I think has done more than people realize so far this year. I mean, he's over 200 yards receiving. It gives him a chance to be the, the number two guy in this offense. And it really kind of crushes our Michael Gallup breakout. Yeah, Sad and face. Dave, I think you mentioned it in the article you wrote that it, ha- it might help Jalen Richard even a little bit more. I think it helps Jalen Richard, and I think it helps Jared Cook because the the one thing that I noticed when I went back and watched the Raiders games, which I, I guess I'm a glutton for punishment, I did that. Cooper and Cook were the two biggest bodies that they had, and now it's only Cook. And if they're still going to stick with this quick passing offense. Cook might be even more of a favorable target for Derek Carr. So I think it's going to be good for him volume wise. I think he'll get more catches. Would, would and, you guys? And I think that, yeah, I think the check downs to Jalen Richard will be there too because they're going to be trailing. Like I, I, we're, we're totally overlooking Doug Martin. I don't think any of us really want to pick up Doug Martin. Maybe he's a guy you go and try and get for a buck off your fab or use a dollar fab bid on, I should say. But I think I think it helps Richard, and I think it helps Cook the most. Would you guys drop Greg Olson or Evan Ingram for Jared Cook? Ten-team league, I might. I'd rather start Cook this week than either, so yes. Not Olson, but Ingram, yes. All right, quick uh, roundup of the rest of the news here. Le'Veon Bell, Jamie did not report, and 
What what do you think happens? <laughs> what do you think happens, Jamie? Since we all know so well what happens with Bell. I guess week nine at this point. Let's see what happens then. Okay. I, I, I mean, it kind of it kind of makes sense from his standpoint to wait till the trade deadline if he doesn't want to leave Pittsburgh. Yes, if he waits until after the trade deadline, they cannot trade him. He needs to sign first for them to be able to trade him. Uh, and he has to be back before week 10 to accrue a season towards free agency. So week 9 seems realistic. Uh, Marshawn Lynch is on IR. Sony Michelle has no structural damage in his knee. Consider him week to week for now. He seems to have avoided a long-term injury. The Chargers are optimistic about Melvin Gordon returning after the bye week. And LaShawn McCoy is in the concussion protocol. So Chris Ivory... I don't think we mentioned him yet, did we? Ivory? No, but he would be a, a desperation type of pickup. Oh, why so desperate? I mean, you've got... He's you've been got, Buffalo's best running back. Yeah, you've if, got if great running backs. If Sean McCoy's by. out this week, Chris Ivory's a top 30 running back. Agreed. But he has no value, I don't believe, as soon as McCoy comes back. And I don't expect this is more than a one-week thing. Unless you want to hold him through the trade deadline just to see if they do actually trade him. Trade, trade McCoy. McCoy? Yeah. But I, but I could see a scenario... Completely realistic that Matt Breed is more likely to play than LaShawn McCoy, and Ivory ends up being a better add than Mostert. Sure. For this week. Sure. Uh, speaking of which, do you expect the following players? Bilal Powell at Chicago. No. Matt Breida at Arizona. Nope, not as of now. Chris Thompson at the Giants. Nope. Peyton Barber at Cincinnati. So he got hurt late in that game, and... Dirk Cutter isn't saying how serious it is. I I don't know if he's going to play. All right, Ronald Jones. Cincinnati Cincinnati's defense has been really bad lately. Uh, Geronimo Allison and Randall Cobb against the Rams. Not as of now, but hopefully they trend in the right direction. I would expect them to play. Cooper Cup at Green Bay. No. And Rob Gronkowski at Buffalo Monday night. There's yeah. optimism. Yeah. He's not missing the game to Buffalo. Well, oh yeah, they need him. Well, uh, if you need to get to the game, you need to get yourself the SeatGeek app and the promo code FFT. What do you get with that? You get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. And a personal promise for me, I'm not going to call it a guarantee, but a promise. You use the SeatGeek app, you use the code FFT, you get your 20 bucks. I promise you're going to keep using the SeatGeek app after that because you're going to see it's not just that promo code that saves you money, it's SeatGeek in general. By searching multiple sites, by pulling in a whole bunch of results, letting you find these great deals without doing any work, SeatGeek does all the work for you and grades every ticket based on value. Hundreds of sites, varying levels of reliability. It's hard to know who to trust right now, and SeatGeek is the one to trust. That's the way to go. That's why SeatGeek is so easy. It pulls millions of tickets into one place, and you can, you know, you can make your purchase Without any hesitation, every purchase is fully guaranteed. Sports, concerts, comedy, theater. I've used SeatGeek for sports and concerts, and uh, I will use it again and again and again, and I really strongly recommend it. The promo code is FFT. Download the SeatGeek app and use that code FFT for 20 bucks off your first purchase. That's SeatGeek. Life's an event, and we have the tickets. All right, a sneak peek at each position. Who are the quarterbacks you might be picking up this week? It's a bad week for streaming quarterbacks, but my favorite is Derek Carr. Ooh, wow. Uh, I, I go still Baker Mayfield and Joe Flacco over Carr. Uh, okay, Carr. Uh, Carr has the Colts and Mayfield has the Steelers. Okay. Uh, all right, it's not a great week. Running back, Mostert, 
we've kind of hit on this. Um, maybe Ronald Jones, Jalen Richard, Doug Martin, Chris Ivory. These injury replacements. Okay. I'm satisfied there. Wide receiver. Traquan Smith, Geronimo Allison. Uh, I'd still buy into Christian Kirk. He wasn't great last week, but he's been good for the most part over the last month. Uh, Danny Amendola. Those would be the top four for me. Yeah, I'd go Amendola, Allison Smith. Dave? Yeah, I like those guys. Okay. Tight end. Uzama and Vance McDonald. McDonald and Uzama. Uzama! <laughs> okay. Also, Ben Watson facing the Vikings. Vikings are really not good against tight ends. They've allowed the seventh most fantasy points to tight ends, um, including almost two touchdowns to Chris Herndon, but one touchdown to Herndon. And you could also take a look at Chris Herndon, who faces the Bears, who also have been bad against tight ends before they face the Gronkless Patriots. Uh, DST, love the Patriots this week, right? 54% yes. Yes. God, the Bills. Uh, and who else at DST? I like Arizona. Yep. And I think Pittsburgh's interesting too. They've, they've played a little bit better the last two games. Don't forget about your number two on this list, Jamie, the Redskins. Yes, the Redskins too, I'm sorry. The Redskins, uh, facing a Giants team that has allowed four, 24 sacks in, it feels like 44, but 24 sacks in seven games. Um, I was gonna recommend San Francisco, but I just can't. They, their defense is terrible. They have scored the second fewest fantasy points. In CBS leagues, the only team with fewer is Oakland, and they had a bye. Uh, kickers. Any kicker that, like, people really need to add? Fairbairn. Yeah. Okay, Fairbairn. And Dave, what do we got at IDP? Got a handful of guys for you. Starting with defensive line, these guys are all owned in less than 10% of leagues. Chris Jones has been coming on for Kansas City. Romeo Okwara for the Detroit Lions has been in his last two games. So has Emmanuel Agba, who might have been drafted and dropped, still available 94% of CBS Sports Leagues. Todd Davis is uh, one of the top tackling linebackers for the Denver Broncos. I would look his way if you need help there. He's available in over 94% of CBS Sports Leagues. Denzel Perryman has been getting consistent numbers at linebacker. And then the Colts signed Mike Mitchell to play safety, and he's given you some numbers over the past couple weeks. 99% available. Jonathan Joseph has also been playing well for Houston, and he gets Brock Osweiler this week on a short week. He's available in only 98% of leagues. Hopefully you can find Jonathan Joseph. All right. And uh Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald scored 26.5 fantasy points in our IDP league, and I have Christian McCaffrey and Nick Chubb starting. It's PPR, and they combined for 27 fantasy points. So thank you, Aaron Donald, for paying off. Four sacks, big game from Aaron Donald. Uh, email of the day f- is from Derek. Email of the day number one at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Dear Mr. Claus, Grinch, Frost, and McLean. Yeah, yeah, Christmas. Would you prefer to hold on to your depth and play the matchups or pair two guys together to get one higher level guy? Protect yourself against injuries as well. I always like doing the consolidation move for a couple of reasons. One, you get a better player, theoretically, in the deal. Two, it eliminates lineup decisions when you might be agonizing over them during important matchups, you just say, oh, I don't have to worry about it anymore. I got my guy, and I'm going with it. And uh, and three, you can always find guys off waivers that you, you can use to replace. So when you trade two or three guys away for one guy, it opens up two other roster spots. You can use those spots for a backup quarterback, which you want to have during the playoff run, 
a backup DST if you want, extra running backs, what have you. So this is one of the moves that I always like to make in the leagues where I'm headed toward the playoffs. Yeah, I would say definitely with every position besides running back, I want the best guy. As we've seen with running backs, they get hurt a lot. And so I, it, it would have to, I'd have to make sure I was winning the deal. It wouldn't just be enough to just go up just a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I kind of like doing this, but maybe, maybe not before these massive bye weeks. Uh, and you, of course your record has to play into this. And when, when we say doing this, we're talking about like making a two for one trade where you trade two good players for one great player or something like that. You are going to need some depth to navigate through the, the next few weeks, but at some point, if you're going to the playoffs, yeah, it's a nice idea to uh, to acquire as many great players as possible. Email of the day number two is from Daniel. Perhaps I missed a bet that was lost on one of the episodes I didn't listen to, but why does Jamie say drink right after he mentions Pete Prisco's name? <laughs> JB? Because we say it so much, or I say it so much. Well, it, was, it actually was on our Saturday Night Radio show. He mentioned Pete Prisco, and I was like, we've got the drinking game. Next time, every time Jamie Eisenberg mentions Pete Prisco, take a drink. But don't actually take a drink. Unless you're like drinking right at home. What's that? There's a lot of drinking that just happened right there. Yeah, yeah. So that's you, 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 uh, you save, um, people from the drinking game because you forget to mention Pete at the, uh. Oh, right. uh, He's going to be at the tailgate. As, as is, uh, Jason Lockenfor. Well, I'm sure people will be able to have a drink at the Friday night tailgate. Maybe with Pete Brisco. Who knows? Uh, some more news and notes for you. Kiki, Kiki Cutie has a hamstring injury. Do you think he plays this week? No. He's already been ruled out. Oh, that's right. He's been ruled out. Uh, Blake Bortles is gonna start. He's on a short leash, according to Adam Schefter. He's facing the Eagles in London. Don't feed the pigeons at, tra- people keep telling me how to pronounce it. Trey, Felger Square. Speaking of, uh, Pete Brisco drink, um, he was, uh, defending Bortles on of our course. FFT show yesterday after ripping him. Uh, but he did, he said, or was it off the air, Heath, when he said he plays well in London? I think he may have said, I think, I believe Blake Bortles is the all-time leading passer in, he, uh, in London. He's undefeated London. in London. He yeah. feeds the pigeons and they'd say nothing about it. That's how good he is in London. Uh, Brock Osweiler starting this week, but Albert Wilson and Kenny Stills are out. Wilson likely out for the season. Derek Anderson's gonna start for Buffalo. Patrick Peterson wants a trade. Tampa Bay lost two linebackers to ACLs, uh, this past week, one of them being Quan Alexander. Adam Vinatieri, you might want to get a new kicker. He aggravated a groin injury. Dallas got screwed on that field goal, by the way. It was a bad call. It cost them actually 10 yards because it should have been an offsides penalty on the Redskins. They missed the field goal. Uh, and San Francisco safety Adrian Colbert, who apparently is not very good, according to Pro Football uh, Focus, he's on IR with a high ankle sprain. And it's time for our tweet of the day as we talk about last night's games. Tweet of the day is from Pete. Best fantasy win of my career. Was down 73 points with Eli, Beckham, Julio, and Ridley. Scored about 35 points with five minutes left of football. If Eli sneaks that in, I lose by a point. The only play I could have had was Eli passing to Beckham, and he did. Touchdown. And then I will add this. Um, Bonanza! I don't know how you could take this as a win, though. Because who, who was bad? Ridley was bad. Sanu was bad. Ingram was bad. That's fine. Like, Eli and Ryan were both top 12 quarterbacks. Barely. In si- but they were in six-pointer but, but passes. But see, the over-under for this game was 56 points. You know what, though? Like, there was there were great fantasy performances here. Julio, Beckham, there, there were, Shepard. They were good. 
right. Coleman, Barkley, Julio, Shepard, Eli. He, he was good enough. Didn't Julio have eight fantasy points in a non-PPR? We're using PPR or non-PPR? It depends what helps him out the most. <laughs> yeah, right. For Julio, PPR. For Coleman, non-PPR. <laughs> we'll use PPR scoring. I mean, he went over 100 yards. And he fumbled. Do you guys really not score. think it was a bonanza? I'll let you decide. I think that you aimed high with this one because there are a lot of guys there were. in what was supposed to be a high-scoring game. Now, you got the majority of them coming through, so that is in your favor. But I don't think they reached the heights maybe outside of Beckham. And Shepard. And, and Shepard. And Eli. That, I had slightly higher expectations for him. Well, he was the number, he was the number 12 quarterback at six point per pass. Wasn't he tied for like, with like six other guys? Yes, but they were all tied for 12. <laughs> and he was, he was top seven in four point per passing. Yeah, I, I guess, I guess just given what Eli's, uh, oh, yeah. previous game was, that's a win. Um, Ryan should have been much better. Eli should have been much better. Well, I, yes, in, in, he should have had, in he should have had the numbers Jameis had. The tight ends were both interceptions. Awful. Huh? The, the tight ends were bad. Awful. The tight ends were awful. But um, Hooper had an almost Hooper's, touchdown, so I'm going to count right. that. I'm going to yeah. count that. That counts for me. <laughs> Julio had an almost touchdown. Uh, it, I, Tevin I, was number 14 even in PPR. This all game. right. Win. So it's it's a bonanza. Yeah. Thank you, Heath. Thank you. But, if, I mean, if the, Heath they is supporting hit, they me. They didn't even hit the over-under, though. But if he, I, don't, I don't care about that. And plus, the Falcons' DST was probably pretty good, my guess. Um. All right. So what are your takeaways from this game, fantasy-wise? Marvin Hall's better than Julio Jones. <laughs> <laughs> better than Calvin Julio. Ridley and Mohamed Sanu combined. Well, that's obvious. I mean, who didn't expect that? Well, they're going into their bye, the Falcons, and how droppable are Ridley and Sanu? I mean, Ridley has he's he's got one game with more than sixty four yards. Right. Very touchdown heavy in weeks two, three, and four, and everything else has been Dudsville. I'm fine with dropping Sanu. I don't want to drop Ridley. Agreed. But if you have to, if your team's loaded and you need to go and pick up the Patriots DST or whatever, then you will just drop my do. defense. Maybe yeah. they're on by two. <laughs> my, de- my defense? That's yeah. why I'm dropping them. Well, maybe you really, really like your defense. Maybe you have the Falcons defense and you're just there, committed. There is no defense <laughs> on a bye this week that I like more than Calvin Ridley. Uh Okay, and then same thing with Hooper. We don't want to drop him. You could. Yeah, I don't really care. Oh really? Okay. It's uh, again. It's you know it depends on what your team looks like because prior to yesterday he was really good. How mad will the rush be to pick up Amari Cooper or I mean Austin Hooper if you let him go? Probably not much, but right. I think there'd be a bigger rush for Ridley. Yeah, probably oh, for sure. Um, do you buy Sterling Shepard uh, being productive if Evan Ingram's healthy? I don't know how often he's going to get fifty-yard receptions. Well, we've seen this is three games now they've both played, and in one game he got seven, and then Ingram got five, and another game he got five, and Ingram got seven, and in this game he got eight, and Ingram got four. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really know yet. Mm-hmm. It, I, mean, I look, think whenever they're facing a defense that's bad, you can start them both and just kind of cross your fingers. Right. But I do, I do buy that. If as long as Barkley and Beckham are both healthy, only one of those guys is going to be good generally. If you don't trust. Ingram or Shepard against the Redskins this week, then you can drop them because they have their bye after that. So, and Manning, like, threw for 399 yards. Ryan threw for 378 yards. There should have been, with 379, there should have been more points in this game. Uh, Redskin offense was, or excuse me, red zone offense was pathetic for the Giants. 
And how about this just to wrap it up? I mean, Saquon Barkley, he has had four games out of seven with fewer than 50 rushing yards. But he's on pace for 112 catches, which would be a record for a running back. It was amazing watching the Falcons. And like I, I, we've talked about over and over for the last three years how the Falcons allow running backs to work in the passing game. And it was just amazing with Barkley being the second best player on this offense. The defense just drops just like he doesn't, he doesn't even exist. He runs out into the flat and no one even makes an attempt to follow him. We'll drop four guys back and then we'll tackle him when he catches it. Well, it's worse (laughs) without Deion Jones there too. That's another IDP guy you might want to take a look at. I don't, at, I don't come back soon. Yeah, I don't even think it's a talent thing. They're, they are not making an attempt to cover anyone on that position of the field. They're just dropping back. <sighs> okay, uh, I, I think if you own Matt Ryan, remember he was one of two quarterbacks who were started in 95% of leagues or, uh, or more than 82% of leagues. It was him and Mahomes. Like He's got a lot of road games coming up. He's got a bye at Washington, at Cleveland, then Dallas, then at New Orleans, which should be good, then Baltimore at home, at Green Bay. And they had the roof open last night, and uh he only scored 23 fantasy points, was it? 21? 21. 21. Right? So close that roof in Atlanta. But you probably you might need two quarterbacks to get through the season. You might. You might. We'll definitely need two for this week. Definitely. Uh Kansas City 45, Cincinnati 10. Tell you about that in just a second. But really excited about the Robinhood app. Really great way to learn about investing and to not pay any brokerage charges. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade. Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You can trade stocks and keep all of your profits. Here's the offer before I get into the details about Robinhood. You want to start trading and get a free stock? Sign up for Robinhood. You'll get a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. Here's the URL. FFTpodcast.robinhood.com. FFTpodcast.robinhood.com. This is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. It shouldn't just be wealthy people that are investing and making money and and having uh, financial services work for them. They should work for everyone. Robinhood is trying to help with that. A non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. And they really want you, like I said, to learn by doing. The app is very, very easy to use, easy to understand charts and market data. And you can place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. Really cool app. I've got it. I recommend it. FFTpodcast.robinhood.com. One more time. FFTpodcast.com. Dot Robinhood.com. Get a free stock and get started right now. Uh, Andy Dalton. Should we trust him anymore? He's got the, he's got the, another dream matchup. Yeah, he's got the free space, yes. Well, aren't the Chiefs supposed to be a free space? Yeah, it was Sunday night, he thinks. The, the Steelers, 21 points against the Steelers in week six, that's not very good. Whoa, uh, for whoa, you, that's whoa, a bonanza. Whoa, whoa, it, it depends whoa, whoa. on the week. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Well, look, if you want to compare him to Eli Manning, sure, but it's not Ryan, very the good. Three quarterback in fantasy. I, I understand, but it, but it really like it's not that good. So it wasn't a bonanza. Heath, though, back I down. gave no, no. All I'm saying is you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't fight argument. with Heath. He, he gave I you the credit. Me, for I it. gave you the credit for the bonanza. Okay, but he, okay. Bottom line, like Andy Dalton, he, uh, like he had 14 he, points against Dolphins three weeks ago. Can we really he's been trust up and him? down. He's uh, the number 14 quarterback in fantasy. He's averaging 20, 21 fantasy points per week. This, I'm not going to sit a guy that's a borderline number one quarterback when he's facing the best matchup in fantasy. I mean, just, just think about it. And 
go with the guys who hadn't done anything really prior to that. Trubisky, his career game against the Bucks. Baker hadn't got over 20 fantasy points, 24 against the Bucks. They're just they're bad, and they're now they're worse. down linebackers who yep. can't cover you know guys in the flat to begin with or or tight ends. Start of the week. So, huh? Start of the week. He might be. He honestly <laughs> might be. Yeah, I, I like him plenty. I would love it if John Ross played because I just think that the offense changes when he's on the field. The way that not that this is really going to matter against Tampa Bay, but he played the last coverage. Week. Will did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He got he got, a, he got he a target. one target. He got he got hurt again in the game. Do you remember when he got hurt in the game? Early, late. When he uh, tried to run. I, 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 I don't think, I don't think it mattered. <laughs> he threw to AJ Green 110 of his first 111 yards, yeah, yeah, so it yeah, didn't yeah. really matter if John Okay, okay. Wow. That's, that's a good stat. Uh, for the Chiefs, I don't know. Anything here? Uh, they're, they're really good. <laughs> yes. Yeah, they're gonna go to the Super Bowl. If they can get home field advantage, they're gonna beat the Patriots. Yeah, the problem is they still have to play the Rams, then they'll have two losses, and they lose the tiebreaker, and then they have to go to Foxborough, and then the Patriots are in the Super Bowl again. It is Andy Reid in the playoffs, after all. They're um, amazing. I'm not really worried about Tyler Boyd, I guess is one thing I would say from this game. Not this week. It shouldn't be. <laughs> no. Nope. And, um, yeah, I don't have anything to say about this game. I guess I could add one little anecdote. Um, my wife started Andy Dalton over Andrew Luck, and she lost the game on Saquon. Your wife did? Yes, yes, she did. And she lost the game, uh, on Saquon Barkley's touchdown toward the end there. Which, uh, which, which, uh, wife or girlfriend did she lose to? I have no idea. Oh, yeah, sure you don't. I swear I don't. But, you know, like, there's, there are moments when your wife says, I love you for the first time. She says, I do. Just amazing moments in your life. But last night when I told her, you lost, Saquon Barkley just scored, she looked at me and she said, I hate Andy Dalton. And I just melted. It was such a beautiful moment in our marriage. I have gotten her so into fantasy football. She was so angry at Andy Dalton all weekend long. And, well, because really because Andrew Luck went off on her bench. And it was wonderful. So thank you for getting into fantasy football. I love you. Waiver wire, quarterbacks, uh, Baker quite, Mayfield. Quite a moment. It was. I, I'm still, I'm still not convinced that that was. Your wife doing that. It was Adam looking at himself in the, no, in the mirror and I, saying, I hate Andy Dalton. And that was the moment he no, felt so I sick. swear. I, I, maybe I told her to start Dalton over luck. I don't know. M- maybe. She goes by the projections that we have those. You know, the app makes it easy. I'm being falsely accused. Anyway, to the waiver wire, to the quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield. Uh, he is facing the Steelers. They allow the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Joe Flacco, Case Keenum, Derek Carr. It's ugly out there, so we probably shouldn't spend too much time on, on quarterbacks here. But sum it up, um, are there any uh, high-end, normally must-start quarterbacks that you would start Mayfield or Carr or anybody else over this week? Flacco's my favorite of the group. That did not answer the question. Um, but uh, I guess that means that there is no quarterback that I would start. No, none. I mean, the only one that you might consider is Wentz, but I don't think anybody's going to do that. There are guys that were started last week, um, namely Eli Manning. I would start Carr over Manning, and I would start Carr over Russell Wilson. Ooh. Wow. Oh, really? Okay. Where do you have Derek Carr ranked? If 17. Okay, so you're just tanking Russell Wilson. I have him ranked a little bit higher than I've had him ranked any of the last three weeks. I don't think you believe that he can continue to throw a touchdown every seven pass attempts. I do not. He's going to throw 18 attempts and score four touchdowns. And I'm going to just be <laughs> livid on – that will make it the Sunday night podcast outstanding because I will be livid. <laughs> okay, um, 
honestly, the other guys, if you're in deeper leagues, uh, C.J. Beathard at Arizona. But Arizona's actually been very good against quarterbacks. Uh, Brock Osweiler and Houston will take out their revenge on Brock, Brock Osweiler. I do think DeAndre Hopkins runs onto the field and tackles Osweiler at some point in this game. But he's been what playing if they were well. Friends? What? What if they were actually friends? It'll be a friendly tackle. And I don't like. I don't know why we think Brock Osweiler won a playoff game. Okay, they have not had matched the success they had with Brock <laughs> Osweiler since he left. Aren't they leading the division right now? They may have a vin- video montage tribute <laughs> for Brock Osweiler. <laughs> Everybody hurts. It's gonna be the song. Um, the one thing I'll up. say about quarterback is this is, and t- you always need to do this, but I, Andy Dalton's going to be dropped in some leagues. Right. No, and you should pick him up immediately. Oh, absolutely, and and it's almost like I could see myself dropping Dalton, but not because I think he's going to be bad this week, but because I, I'd rather start like Luck over him or something. And let's just say hypothetically, in one of my leagues, I had both Luck and Dalton. You know, whatever. Um, you know, and you have to drop Dalton, but okay, you're right, Heath. Keep an eye on Dalton. Eighty nine percent on getting dropped. Uh, does anybody have any interest in Eli Manning? Four straight quarterbacks have scored twenty more or one fantasy points against the Redskins. No. I would, he is my favorite quarterback in that game. Oh, okay. He's my favorite quarterback in that game and I still wouldn't want to use him. Alright, let's go to the running backs then. So, three running backs who are owned in more than 65% of leagues. Let's go with, uh, Peyton Barber, 78% owned and is though dinged up. Duke Johnson, just because I want to say his name. And Javoris Allen at what, Carolina. Are we, was, did Duke Johnson's name get copied and pasted into the wrong part of the, uh, segment? <laughs> he should be dropped, right? He can be in the players who you can drop. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted to throw it out there. Uh, if you saw Peyton Barber on your waiver wire against the Bengals who allow the fifth most fantasy points at 5.1 yards per carry to running backs, a lot of it, a lot of their production comes in the passing game of the running backs. Keep that in mind. Would you add Peyton Barber over Raheem Mostert? No, because he's hurt. Yeah, I'd rather have Mostert. Like, if Brita doesn't play and Barber does play, I'd rather start Mostert than Barber. So really the only situation where I'd rather have Barber is Brita plays and Barber plays, and that seems not likely. All right. And Buck Allen, 66% owned? Cut him. Put him with the Duke Johnson group. Okay. So then to the to the priorities of running back Mostert, and it's it's risky. Because if Brita does does play, but but that said, it doesn't take much against Arizona to be good. Although, tell me what you think of this stat. <laughs> Keep kind of contradicting myself. Sorry. Arizona allows the most fantasy points to running backs. At least one running back has scored double digit fantasy points in non PPR in every single game against the Cardinals this year. However, of those running backs that scored double digits, all of them had either. 14 or more carries, or a receiving touchdown. Uh, when you evaluate the Niners running backs, you know, what does that mean to you? means a lot. means it's a great matchup. Yeah, but, Hopefully, but uh, if Breida plays, Breida Mostert's not getting 14 carries. If Breida plays, you're not starting Mostert. I will say, oh, I over that. the last two weeks, Raheem Mostert has led the 49ers in rushing each week and is the number 26 running back in fantasy. Over the Wait, last what? two weeks? Over the last two weeks. Over the last two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, he's had an awesome rushing average, and it's going to be multiple running backs no matter who's healthy and who's not. 
I, I think he gets around 12 carries. Yep. He catches two, three, maybe yep. four passes. Mm-hmm. And he's a, a borderline number two running back. So if what? Breida plays. If Breida plays, then drop that to where he gets eight to ten carries and he catches two to two passes and he's a number 30 running back. And is it a bad thing to have a running back getting 10 plus touches in a Kyle Shanahan offense in a favorable matchup? Well, I mean. No. Eh. No. <laughs> no, I, all right. Actually, while I'm on the topic of Mostert, like, should we be picking up Alfred Morris too? You can in deep release. If Breed is out. Yeah. If yeah. I, yeah. I think Mostert's role changes by like 15 to 20% if Breed is out. Morris is the one who would see the biggest change in his value. Yeah. He'd go from basically irrelevant to what, 10 carries, something like that. Probably. Yeah. Could yeah. be the he goal. He had more carries guy. than Mostert last week. He did, but it was garbage time, right? Yeah, no, but still. Yeah. All right, Jalen Richard, 29% owned. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Probably really needs to be owned in, in every PPR league. Is that fair? Yes, he yes. scored 11 or more PPR points in all but two games. He's got 31 catches in six games, six or more catches in four of six games. And like I've said uh, ad nauseum now, Jalen Richard has never had 10 carries in a game, which brings us to Doug Martin. And by the way, if you're curious, well, just just while while you're there for a second, um, there was a where is it? A report. Sorry, Keep talking about. Okay, it. if Sorry. you're curious, the Colts have struggled against some pass catching running backs like James White, like Joe Mixon, like Chris Thompson. So uh, Rashard could thrive there. Martin. Oh, uh, here I'm sorry. So Michael Gelkin, um, who covers the Raiders, he said Jalen Rashard told him. Uh, he expects his role really staying the same as far as third downs. I'll probably see a little bit more carries, I would think, just so we don't overload Doug. Yeah. All right. Well, how, so what do you think about Doug Martin, guys? I don't know that there's a whole lot Marshawn Lynch did the first five weeks of the season that Martin couldn't do against this Colts defense. But you're counting on a touchdown. Like his first three weeks, 11 for 41, 18 for 65, 19 for 64, those are – that's well within the range of what he could do. It's just whether or not he scores. Lynch averaged 15 carries a game and two and a half catches a game. Yeah. Any, so any I would say back. Martin's probably 13 carries a game and one and a half catches a game. Also, DeAndre Washington could factor in at some point. So in the deepest of leagues, might want to look at him. Chris Ivory, we talked about earlier in the show. Let's say everybody gets their best case scenario. Let's say Mostert starts, Ivory starts, Doug Martin's obviously starting. Uh, let's say Ronald Jones starts. Who's the best ad this week? If all the number two guys, if all the starters start? If all the, no, if all the, okay, again, if all the guys on the waiver wire, Mostert starts, Doug Martin, we know he's going to start, Chris Ivory starts, Ronald Jones starts. Everybody else is, you know, the, the, the number ones are ruled out. I, I prioritized it as if those guys are starting. I would rather Ivory would be my favorite this week if all the starting running backs are up. I'll take Mostert. Yeah, me too. But I think I would rather have Mostert on my team still, so I would still prioritize adding him. Okay, but, but Ivory, you know, don't sleep on him. Seventeen percent owned. Uh, Kenyon Barner got ten carries at the Bears. He'll be at the Bills this weekend or this week on Monday night. Patriots haven't made a transaction yet, have they? No, no. So what do we think about Barner? He's a flexish. He's in that Eagles running back range. Okay. And he used to be an Eagles running back. I mean, if they gave him 10 carries in a game that was competitive, this should be a blowout. 
which maybe makes him more likely to get more work. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Could yeah. be the mop-up yeah. guy. They they are not committed to giving James White a big workload. No, I think They've rarely 10, done it. 10 to 12 carries is probably the max for James White. With maybe like goes, five, maybe goes catching. But that's yeah. huge for him with his work in the Absolutely. passing game. They love him. They just don't want to overwork him. Yeah, it's funny. It's like now the, the more I look at this waiver wire, I know it's not a bunch of exciting names, but some of these guys, just based on opportunity, are going to have good games. So Barner, Ivory we've talked about, Martin, Jalen Richard, Raheem Mostert, and Ronald Jones. Yeah, like just just for example, if the Carlos Hyde trade had happened yesterday, this waiver wire looks like there's just no star. Yeah, there's no Nick Chubb. Right. Right. Uh, but Ronald Jones, if if Peyton Barber's out, how much would you like Ronald Jones this week? Flex. Mm, I can't trust him. Yeah, I'd go flex. Capri Bibbs had four catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown against Dallas. He'll face the Giants this week. Uh, the Jets running back Trenton Cannon, just in case they need to get someone else involved. He had four catches for 69 yards against the Vikings last week. He's at the Bears. And Devontae Booker, 13% owned. We know he's not so good, but I already talked about it earlier in the show. When they faced the Chiefs earlier this season, both Lindsey and Freeman had good games. And uh, maybe Booker can find the end zone or something. I want to go back to Capri Bibbs for a minute because looking at his schedule made me think that you should probably go make a low ball offer for Chris Thompson. At the Giants, Atlanta, at the Falcons, uh, at the Bucks rather, Houston, at Dallas. Yeah, I guess it's the next three games really. Yeah. If he plays. Right. I'm just hoping he's back by <laughs> yeah. Atlanta. But that's not a bad suggestion to pick up Capri Bibbs just in case he's that guy for the next few weeks. Marcus Murphy for the Bills had four catch, four carries and five catches at the Colts last week. He'll face the Patriots on Monday night. So just to repeat some of these names that are widely available, Capri Bibbs, Trenton Cannon, Devontae Booker, Marcus Murphy. Do you guys see yourself putting in claims for any of these guys? Yeah, I mean, if you play in a 14-team league or, or larger, you have to. And who would you, Not- your favorite be? Bibbs. In a 12-team league, I would say Booker. And, and I might go Murphy. And a 14. Okay. Uh, just a few more names to throw out, or really two more. So I already talked about Alfred Morris. Thoughts on Frank Gore, 64% owned at Houston on Thursday. You can drop him. And LeGarrette Blunt, Seattle this week. You can drop him. Why Unless you need a bye week guy. And you miss out on the Mosterts and Richards. Like he got the touchdown last week, but the touches are going the direction we want it to. Yeah. Yes. All right, it's time to look at wide receivers now. Wide receivers, we got Chris Godwin and Jordy Nelson, Larry Fitzgerald, all owned in 72 or 73% of leagues. Godwin, Jordy, Fitzgerald. If all three of them are available in your league, who's your favorite? Godwin. Jordy. Godwin. And do you like Godwin better than Geronimo Allison or Traquan Smith or Danny Amendola? Yes. No. I think Geronimo... Could be better. I think I might take Geronimo ahead of Godwin. Here's what Allison was doing. In four games, he had 64 to 80 yards. He scored two touchdowns. So consistent yards and will score because he's in a good offense. The Rams have had, before facing the Niners last week, they had allowed double-digit fantasy points to seven receivers in their previous three games. And four of those seven had 98 or more yards. So Allison at 61% owned. I'm definitely going to be making claims for him. 
Uh, I did wonder why, Jamie, you had Traquan Smith listed ahead of Geronimo Allison. I think there's a, a higher ceiling for him. Because I don't think that Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going away now. And Randall Cobb is still going to be there. And Jimmy Graham has come along the last few weeks. So Allison, I think, is going to be good. But I don't know if he's going to continue. He's going to get better than what he was. Okay. Where I think Traquan Smith can get to a, a, a different level. So the priority list of the guys who were available in in – 35% or more of our leagues. I mean, he played, he played 52 of 71 snaps. Drake one did in a bad matchup. Mm-hmm. Oh, they don't have a choice that he's their number. Well, they two do have a choice. They can play Cameron Meredith. I mean, well, but isn't he their slot guy? We well, could play both. I mean, he played right. outside Three receiver sets. That's kind of a thing. This is not a good matchup though. I mean, the only team no. that's really done well. No, if you need, if you need somebody this week, he's right. Danny Mandola should be your, your first guy. And then Allison, maybe your second guy. But, uh, if you're just looking long term, because I don't know if anybody's really going to start Amendola. Uh, Traquan Smith could be a league winner for you. Yeah, Amendola, two straight games with uh, six or eight catches, 59 yards two weeks ago, 84 yards last week, caught a touchdown against uh, Detroit in week seven. He'll be at Houston with Kenny Stills out, with uh, Albert Wilson out. So obviously we're going to start Devontae Parker. If he plays, I mean, that's the report that he's going to play because they need him. Yeah, Adam Gase basically said, well, we don't have anybody else. Yeah. Right. <laughs> they played Kenyon Drake at receiver last week, too. Christian Kirk is 39% owned. He had 85 yards and a touchdown a few weeks ago when he faced the Niners. That's his matchup this week. You can take a look at Martavis Bryant. And then deeper leagues, uh, Dante Moncrief gets the Eagles this week. Kelvin Benjamin gets the Patriots. The Patriots have allowed 70 or more yards to a receiver to a receiver once in their last five games, and it was Tyreek Hill. Uh, I got, uh, I got a sleeper for you. How about Robbie Anderson? He had 10 targets. He only caught three of them for 44 yards, but he's got uh, the Bears on the road. Any interest in Robbie Anderson? I like it. Yeah. Low end flex with decent upside. I'd rather start Amandola this week, but he is, he's right there with him. I don't think Jermaine Curse is going without a catch. So I would rather have Curse if I'm looking at a Jets receiver. And Randall Cobb is 59% owned. Do we have any interest in him? No. Okay. No. I, I, I'm going to make a case for it. Week one, 142 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. Week two, bad against Minnesota. He's always bad against Minnesota. Week three, he got 11 targets. Didn't do anything with them, but he got 11 targets. He was terrible in that game. If Randall Cobb averages eight targets with Aaron Rodgers, he's going to uh, be good. 45 yards a game. If he no. gets his job back. <laughs> He's getting it back. All right, I'm, on, I'm on Cobb not, Island. Not sure about that. Cobb Island for me. Tyrell Williams was another guy I mentioned. He's going into his bye, so less attractive, but two good games in a row for him. Uh, okay, tight ends. It's it's easy. It's Uzama and Vance McDonald. Heath, why do you like McDonald better than Uzama? I think he's going to be more involved. Like It was really good that Uzama scored the touchdown. But he only had two targets last week. And McDonald's had one of those games as well. But I do think he has more upside, and I expect him to be more involved this week. I, I would take McDonald long-term over Uzama. But for this week, I'd much rather have Uzama, just given the matchup against Tampa Bay. They're so bad against tight ends. Yeah, awful. They've allowed 94 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in five straight games. Uh, and we mentioned Ben Watson. Guys, the, Minnesota, this is a little bit of a weakness for them. They struggle against tight ends. Yeah, but I I hate going after him after he had the touchdown last week. 
the one thing you can hope for is that this becomes a high-scoring game and Breeze throws a lot and Watson falls into five-plus catches. Yeah, I think the good news is, as Jamie mentioned, there's only one startable tight end on by this week. So would you start any of these guys over Evan Ingram and Greg Olson? I would start all of them over Evan Ingram and Greg Olson. Agree. Uzama for sure. All of them being who? Vance McDonald, CJ Uzama, and Ben Watson. I'm totally with you. Okay. What about Herndon? And, and, and Jordan Reed too, obviously. Start him over. What about Chris Herndon? He's right behind those guys for me. Me too. I, yeah, he's right behind him. He's a little risky because he's, he's just, he's had two good games in a row. He's scored two games in a row. But he's getting decent volume. They have like seven tight ends on that team. Yeah, but he's and the, the one same who's, two never play, except he, for the last two weeks. He's the one that seems to have been getting a little bit more love the last couple of weeks. You're talking about Herndon. Yeah, Ed Dixon. And to be fair, I wasn't a fan of his. No, me either. Coming out now, here he is doing things. Uh, Ed Dixon could play this week for the Seahawks. They could use the help. He's one percent owned. And uh any interest in a Baltimore tight end against the Panthers? The Panthers allow the second most fantasy points to tight ends. And which one's it going to be? Yeah, exactly. Nope. Any interest in Jeff I, I can tell you which one led them in carries last week, if you like to know. <laughs> uh, is Buck Allen? Uh, no, it was Mike Williams, Max Williams. He had a carry. Jeff Hireman at Kansas City. Any interest there? He nope. dropped a touchdown last week. Yeah, he I'm had sorry, s- he had one called back. He had seven targets uh, against the Chiefs in week four, four catches for 57 yards. I just don't think we're talking to that many people that really need to be considering Jeff Hireman, but you never know. DSTs, we love the Patriots. I'll just sum it up. We love the Patriots, the Redskins, Cardinals, Steelers, Patriots, Redskins, Cardinals, Steelers. Probably don't want to gamble on the 49ers, even at Arizona. They're, they've just been off. I'd rather start the Browns than the 49ers. Oh, against the Steelers. Uh Cleveland. Cleveland has allowed 31 sacks. In seven games, and the Steelers are coming at him. So, there you go. Yeah, Baker's going to have one of those games where he doesn't – it'll be like Eli last night. Uh, or, or where he'll like look Baker, great. Baker this last week. Right. Baker every week. Sure. You didn't think Eli Manning looked good last night? No. He, he is really good at dumping the ball off four the, years the, ago. Well, he threw the, the ball downfield. The quote of the season might be Pat Shermer on the rollout of the end zone <laughs> saying, what? What? Throw to Odell. Throw to <laughs> that was Odell. what everybody watching the game was saying. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. I, I, can't, I don't know what happened. one of there. the worst quarterbacks in the NFL and has been for almost half a decade. Well, you're, oh, my God. Wow. It's embarrassing. No, you're I'm embarrassing. You're embarrassing. It's embarrassing that you still defend him. He's still – no, honor. he's not – look. It's really – his legs have betrayed him. He can still throw the ball. And his arm. No, no, he threw the ball really well last night. If do you think he can throw the ball half as far as Patrick Mahomes can? Dude, he threw the ball downfield a lot last can night. What were you watching? He threw the ball half. He threw thirty, three hundred ninety-nine yards. He he, he was he throwing had three touchdowns. He was throwing left-handed way before Patrick Mahomes. You you should thank Eli Manning for Patrick Mahomes. Wow, you're you're welcome. That Kansas makes City. no sense. Falcons fans should thank Eli Manning. I that was some great play calling by Eli at the end. By the way, I you know what? I think it might have been Shermer. Which, There's no way he's he's getting the call on that quick. But the way Shermer was talking about it, that's what I thought at first, but the quotes seem to suggest otherwise. But I uh, yeah, no, that was stupid. I One way I don't I actually disagree. I don't the the quarterback sneak works at a very high rate. Just block somebody. It's true, but they well, that's also not know so your personnel. They can't block anybody. Right. They're not so good at that. Got to go back. All right, we're out of here. Thank you ladies and gentlemen for listening on your Tuesday Wave of Wire show. 
Good luck waiver wiring. We'll have some fun on Wednesday. See ya. Na 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 na.